to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome back to Stateside Soccer Show, part of the Stoppage Time Soccer Show Network. Uh, We have a jam-packed show with Americans Abroad in the Champions League, MLS action, USL playoffs, the Supporter Shield drama that happened this week. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, first, we're going to go ahead and start off with the Supporter Shield drama. So if you don't know uh, what a Supporter Shield is when it comes to uh, MLS, it was a fan-created trophy for the team that placed first in the standings because in America, MLS bases its champion off of a playoff and getting to MLS Cup. Um, fans of the first, uh, you know, in the first season kind of started creating this unofficial trophy because uh, I think it was uh, the Tampa Bay Mutiny or Miami Fusion, who are no longer around. Um, Both of those teams have folded. Went ahead and uh, won the league that year when it comes to the standings. Um, Yeah, here it is. It was the Tampa Bay Mutiny, uh, but they dissolved in 2002. But in the first season in 1996... They uh, had the best record, and uh, they uh, they didn't win the cup, so their fans made the supporter show. So let's fast forward a little bit here. It's kind of become an official trophy uh, in the eyes of MLS, and teams that have, even with the unbalanced schedule, teams with the best point total the biggest uh point total you know the team that finishes first before the playoffs if you add both conferences together is the supporter shield champion it's a trophy made by the supporters it's taken care of by the supporters the supporters hold on to it for the year they pass it on to the next group of supporters and the team who wins it so that's all the background you really need for the supporter shield uh, so the other day, I think it was on, uh, uh, it was Saturday, uh, after I interviewed Todd Lewis after we record, after we recorded our show and I even asked him on the show, uh, what are the chances of the Philadelphia union winning the supporter shield? Uh, that right after that, 
is when that kind of came out and uh this is this is the what the foundation of the supporter shield released on uh the 17th which was saturday after much consideration and discussion the supporter shield foundation has decided to forego awarding the supporter shield for the 2020 season this is not an easy decision to make with the inability for supporters to be in attendance and fill their stadiums with passion. However, we feel as though the current climate goes against the spirit of the Shield. The Supporter Shield Foundation stands with our players and our supporters in knowing that this year has been one of the many challenges, uh, been one of many challenges, and we commend the support and effort given to making the best of the 2020 season as it's been. With no 2020 winner to house the Shield, we will be taking 2021 as a means to spread the word and spirit of the Shield across the entire league. We look forward to educating supporters on the Shield's history and passion, as well as becoming, as well as welcoming new supporter groups to MLS. They mean the new teams that are going to be joining soon. As long as it can be safely done, the Supporter Shield will be going on tour in 2021 so that as many supporters as possible may be able to see and learn about this wonderful symbol of North American soccer. On behalf of the Supporter Shield board, we hope everyone remains safe. We look forward to awarding the Shield to the winners of the 2021 season. This was on Twitter, at Supporter Shield, if you want to look it up. That was on Saturday around uh, 1 p.m., literally like right after I stopped recording with Todd. So let's talk about that. That is a awful decision. Awful decision. As especially what they, what they, uh, their excuse in that is about fans not being in the stands. I get it. It's the supporter shield, but supporters are watching their team on television on ESPN Plus. Then, uh, yes, this season is very off balance. It's very different from it's typically always unbalanced but this year it's even more unbalanced because you're playing like in your region where the union are playing the same teams over and over again new york new england you know um toronto who's you know playing up in connecticut um nycfc you know like you're playing dc united you're playing the same teams in your area over and over again but after all of the trials and tribulations of 2020, players having to opt out or opt into the season, um, you know, doing the MLS's back tournament, playing without fans and stands, you know, even when they did the MLS back tournament, you know, they're quarantined away. The stuff that they are giving up to play and earn their paychecks and compete especially for a league that doesn't make a lot of money, for players that don't make a lot of money in professional soccer here in America compared to over in Europe. I feel like this this deserves to have a Shield winner. Uh, look at Toronto. If Toronto wins the Supporter Shield, they are not even playing in Toronto right now. They are playing in a whole different country. They are away from family, playing in, uh, I think it's Connecticut, you know, somewhere up in northern, uh, in the North American, you know, part of the North America, not North, not the continent North America, but North USA, they're playing because Canada won't allow them in to do these travels and allow other people, other teams in. 
this... If, if they deserve it. I mean, they're top of it right now. We're going to get to that. But if they win it all, and they're not even playing in their home stands, they don't have the option of having home fans in, unlike, you know, the Union that just had fans in, all these teams that have started to open up fans. They, they can't even have their own fans in their stands. And the five people of this committee are going to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, we're not doing a supporter shield this year. It, it's total... BS, and I have a great Twitter thread about this from somebody that's part of the, or has connections to the Nordeca, which is the uh, supporter shield of the crew. Also, the supporter shield of Toronto said they were never contacted as well. Um, but here's Morgan Hughes at Morgan underscore Hughes on Twitter. Uh, he started writing this on the, yesterday, the 19th. As of this morning, here's where we stand with the supporter shield debacle. Fans overwhelmingly hate the decision. Current and former players are outraged. That's right. Alejandro Bedoya of the Union have spoken out. Greg Vanny has spoken out, the coach of Toronto. Coaches are speaking out against it. The league has started to remove mentions of the Shield from their website. I'm not sure how true that is. And uh, the ISC, which is the people that are in control of the Supporter Shield Foundation... Did a follow-up announcement saying that uh, um, they've added a lot onto here, but they pretty much said that they're going to go ahead and reevaluate or re 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 talk about it, have it to a vote of supporter shields. But when we look at this, what they're actually going to do. The SSF, which is the Supporter Shield Foundation, has begrudgingly agreed to open the matter to a vote by ISC membership. So the supporter groups that are part of the ISC, uh, the Committee of Supporters Groups, uh, but will not agree to be bound by any consensus that may be reached. So we can vote for it. The supporter groups can vote for it, but it doesn't mean that the foundation has to change their answer, uh, which is just total crap and one thing that i do like about the supporter shield is that it's created by the supporters it's created by you know fans but these five people that are part of that foundation have made this decision it came out that it never actually went to a vote beforehand it was just five people making a decision nobody was notified because they posted in a slack channel they didn't post it they didn't like email it out to anybody and here we are. Uh, everybody hates it. Everybody hates the move. And and now you have this great trophy that was created by the fans is now getting turned on by the fans and the players. And it deserves to be given. And it's either going to be reversed or I think the league might step in and create something else. Or other supporter groups are going to step up and create something else. There's also on Reddit somewhere... People were clamoring for the supporter sword uh, to create uh, if if uh, the shield still doesn't get um, handed out to the to the winning team with the most points. So who knows? This might create a new grassroots supporter type of uh, trophy. But I just hope that they reverse it. And I'm not just saying this because the union are in the hunt for it, but uh, it it really is. A great trophy 
I always hold every trophy as meaningful. Look, I even think that the Community Shield in England is a meaningful trophy if I'm going to be playing for it or if I'm coaching for it. So I, I even hold the U.S. Open Cup in high esteem, which a lot of people don't do. So you 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 bet if the Union were to win a U.S. Open Cup, which we've been to the final a few times and I was there in person and we lost, it was heartbreaking, or if they won the Supporter Shield or if they win MLS Cup, either of those, I, I just want the Union to win their first piece of silverware. So if that happens, I'm going to count whatever it is. Um, so hopefully... Uh, this trophy means a lot to some supporter groups that have won it, uh, and hopefully this foundation can can change it or else they run the risk of the league just totally replacing it with their own trophy and they don't have any say at all anymore. And that would be kind of a really, really shame, uh, like a, a big shame if that were to happen. Let's get into the games a bit here. We had Chicago Fire versus SKC. Uh, Eric Hurtado scores 35 minutes in for SKC. Barrick scores for the Fire 10 minutes later in the 45th minute. 83rd minute, Gotti Kinda scores for uh, Sporting Kansas City. And then in the 90th minute, Mihalovic uh, scores for the Fire to tr- tie it up. Pretty... Pretty interesting game there. Uh, you know, you would think SKC would pretty much walk away with that one, but Fire stuck it out. Montreal Impact 2, Inter-Miami 1. Uh, six minutes in, Kirkick scores for Impact. 33 minutes in, Breck Shea scores, what is it, two games in a row now? Uh, scores for Miami. Uh, 80th minute, Maxi Yerudi scores for the Impact. And then after the final whistle, Higuain, Gonzalo, not uh, Federic. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain received a red card it looks like for something that he may have said to the ref um, this was not confirmed until the following day um, for a post game confrontation so it was uh, yeah so this game was on Saturday on Sunday MLS and the professional referee organization confirmed uh, on Sunday that Inter-Miami star forward Gonzalo Higuain was sent off after the conclusion of the week 19 match that saw the Montreal impact beat enter Miami 2-1 at Red Bull Arena. Uh, that's from the MLS website. Referee Tim Ford showed Higuain a red card for offensive insulting abusive language. So we don't really know what caused it. I mean, why he, I, I guess cause they lost the game. I don't know if something, something happens or, or not, but uh, Inter-Miami will then miss the uh, game against Orlando. Uh, well, not Inter-Miami. Higuain will miss Inter-Miami's next match uh, on Saturday uh, against Orlando City at 3.30 p.m. Uh, to serve his one-game suspension for the red card. So, so there we go. Um He's not been off to a great start with Miami, I guess. Uh, you know, he does have a goal, but, you know, having a, a, getting a red card is uh, not the best. And the missed penalty that he was getting into it with people at the Union as well. Um, the next game here, Columbus Crew 3, NYCFC 1. 
26 minutes in, Archer scores for Crew. 50 minutes in, Santos scores for the Crew. 55 minutes in, Castellano scores for NYCFC. Then you have a missed penalty kick from Zardes 90 minutes in, and then he converts in the same minute there for the Crew. Uh, so they continue their form. Uh, New York Red Bulls won, Orlando City won. 55 minutes in, Nani scores a penalty for Orlando. And uh, 90 minutes in, Brian White scores a great goal for uh, the Red Bulls at the death to equalize, but that it is enough for Orlando City to clinch their first ever playoff appearance in their five-year history. It is a little different, though, because there's 10 teams eligible for the playoffs this year due to expanded playoffs compared to the typical six, I think it is, typically, seven or six. All right, next game. FC Cincinnati 1, DC United 2. 36 minutes in. Donovan Pines scores. He scored against the Union for his first goal. He scores again here for DC. Uh, Then we get Brandon uh, Vasquez scoring. And then 78 minutes in, Odoi Atsum scores for DC United to give them the win. And continue a great run of form for them since they have cut ties with Ben Olsen. So they've won... Uh, two games there. Uh, let's check the rest of their stats here. If I go to their, um, oh no, they didn't beat the union. Sorry. They drew. So they drew with the union. They win against, uh, FC Cincinnati. So they're getting results. Uh, before that they had four straight losses under Ben Olsen. So they're, they're doing, they're doing better than they were. Um, next game, Toronto FC 1, Atlanta United 0, and it takes until the 89th minute for Piatti to score for TFC. Give them the win and continue their great supporter shield form. Minnesota United 2, Houston Dynamo 2, 11 minutes in, Ethan, Ethan Finley scores for Minnesota. He scores another one 30 minutes in. 59 minutes in, it's Memo Rodriguez for Houston. And then 83 minutes in, Nico Hansen scores for Houston. To equalize, Colorado Rapids versus RSL was postponed. And again, remember, Rapids have their next game postponed, which is tomorrow, Wednesday, October 21st, versus SKC. So far, we're still on track for October 24th against SKC, which is Saturday. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Portland Tempers won, LAFC won. 47 minutes in, Jeremy Abobasi scores for Timbers. 90 minutes in, the youth product for LAFC, Christian Torres scores uh, at the death to make it a 1-1 game. He is only 16 years old playing for LAFC, which is fantastic. Um... LA Galaxy 1, Vancouver Whitecaps nil. LA Galaxy turning around here with their result. Uh, no Chicharito in the side uh, over the weekend. 90 minutes in, Kai Korniuk scores for LA Galaxy uh, to make it a 1-0 victory. Much needed for the Galaxy. San Jose Earthquakes nil, Seattle Sounders nil. And then uh, the Monday night game, New England Revolution 1, Philadelphia Union 2. Andrew Farrell own goal, 34 minutes in to give Union the lead. 69 minutes in, 
Uh, Fontana scores for the Union. He continues his great form. And let me tell you, this is a wonderful chip. I did retweet it on the Stateside Soccer Show uh, Twitter, which is at Stateside Show. It is a wonderful chip. Really good finish, especially on turf up in Foxborough. Really good finish there. And Buchanan scores 80 minutes into pool one back for the Revs. And let me tell you, if it wasn't for Andre Blake, this game probably goes down to a 2-2 draw because Blake comes up with an outstanding save 84 minutes in. Uh, so thankfully for the Union, Andre Blake back in his old form. And then the Tuesday night game, Nashville SC versus FC Dallas. And that one, uh, 19 minutes in, Randall Leal scores for Nashville to make it 1-0. 74 minutes in, Yonder Cadiz scores off a deflection to make it 2-0 over Dallas. Then in the 88th minute, Daniel Rio scores to make it 3-0. And that is how the game finishes. And check out that Rio goal if you can. He does a nice little dribble around the box, makes a player fall over. It's a, it's a pretty great finish. Let's go ahead and start talking some Americans abroad before we get to the USL here. Uh, Giovanni Reina came in in the Champions League. He was on the bench. He came in for Dortmund. They were down 2-0 against Lazio. And what does he do? He sets up his boy, uh, Holland, uh, and that makes it 2-1. But then Lazio scores again and make it 3-1. Dortmund do not win. Uh, their first game of the Champions League group stages. Christian Pulisic uh, started the match for Chelsea versus Sevilla. They started him on the right side, uh, kind of, you know, in the same spaces that Havertz was kind of occupying. Uh, on the left was Mason Mount. At halftime, they switched with, you know, uh, with where they put Pulisic more left. And uh, he started looking a little bit better. Started looking a little bit more dangerous. Uh, Ethan Horvath uh, for the uh, Club Bruges goalkeeper. Uh, he played today, and uh, he did have an own goal. It was he played really well though. So the own goal was a really great shot by Dijon Lovren, and uh, it hits like the post and off of the back of. Uh, Horvath's head and into the goal, but he came up clutch at the end a few times, and he actually scored a late winner to beat Zenit St. Petersburg in the UEFA Champions League. Sergino Dest started for Barcelona today, and uh, they won that game 5-1. to one. So, a uh, really good performance from, and they were down a man too, but a really good performance from uh, Sergino Dest. And Weston McKinney did not play for Juve because of him being positive for COVID. So that is the Americans abroad so far in the Champions League for, uh, for this week. Um, we did have Jesse Marsh come out, uh, according to Gold.com. He did say some stuff about how he spoke with Lampard last year, I guess after their friendly uh, when Salzburg played Chelsea, but uh, that he kind of got the impression from Lampard that he didn't really trust Pulisic 
and his learning ability because he was American. And uh, I can totally see that. There was times at the beginning of last season where it felt unfair that Pulisic was not getting a good chance to start, good chance to be acclimated into the side. Uh, and I think Pulisic even said sometime last year that there was not a lot of communication about that you know, for him, uh, where he wasn't being told a lot of stuff. So that's uh, not what you really want to see. Um, I think that about wraps up for the Americans abroad. Let's go on to the USL Championship Playoffs. These were on Saturday night. Louisville City FC beat St. Louis FC 2-0. Uh, that's probably the last game in existence for St. Louis FC. They, they are not able to continue. One, I think, due to COVID issues, but also... Um, you know, they don't really have the market cornered anymore. They're getting an MLS team. 18 minutes in, Cameron Lancaster scores, assisted by former Union player Antoine Hopeno. Uh, then we get 83 minutes in, Toby Audible own goal to make it 2-0, and Louisville moves on. I started off actually watching the Tampa Bay Rowdies-Charleston Battery game. But that game was really cagey, and once I saw there was a goal in the Louisville game, I switched over to the Louisville-St. Louis game, and that one was actually much better. Kept my attention much better than the Tampa Bay Rowdies game, which was kind of just, you know, two teams kind of playing it safe, hoping that they would... Um, not really playing it safe, but, you know, not a lot of attacking soccer, being a little cagey, you know, almost like a cup final. Uh, let's move over to that game. Tampa Bay Rowdies won. Charleston Battery nil. Lucky Moxana um, scores for Tampa Bay Rowdies in the 79th minute to have them move on, and they are going to play Louisville City in the semifinals or what they call the Eastern Conference Final. Um, let's move on to the... <laughs> Uh, to the uh, West Coast games. Phoenix Rising versus Reno 1868 FC. This game finished 2-2 and then had to go to penalties. Started off really bright for Reno FC. Uh, Corey James Herzog scores. Again, he scored in the previous round. 1-0. Six minutes in. And I'm watching this game and I'm like, wow, yeah, that looked good. It was really bad defense. Though, and I think that so was the 40th minute goal. Kevin Perdita scores to make it 2 0. Really bad defense uh, giveaways there. Um, t right before halftime here, 45 minutes in, Kevin Lambert pulls one back to make it 2 to 1 uh, for Phoenix Rising. And then 71 minutes in, Solomon Asante scores to make it 2 2. He comes up clutch. And then we go into penalties. And we go Herzog makes his make it 1-0 in the penalties towards Reno. Joseph Farrell scores a penalty to make it 1-1. Then Alfaro makes it 2-1. Corey Whalen makes it 2-2. Brent Richards makes it 3-1. Uh, 3-2. Uh, Callistry makes it 3-3. Three, three. Uh, Sam Gledel makes it 4-3. Darnell King makes it 4-4. Four, four. Then Aiden Apodaca misses for Reno. And then Rufat Dadashov scores for Phoenix to send them through to the conference finals. Um, 
And they will be playing against El Paso Locomotive. 30 minutes in, Dylan Mares scores to make it 1-0 against New Mexico United. 90th minute, late equalizer, Romeo Parks scores to make it 1-1. Then we go into penalties, and it is a missed penalty for Romeo Mar- Parks. You know, you go from hero to villain. You scored uh, to equalize it late. You missed the penalty, and then Destel Zola steps up and converts the penalty to make it a victory for El Paso Locomotive, and they will go on and face Phoenix Rising. What we also have with this as well is, remember that decision we talked about a few weeks ago with San Diego Loyal? San Diego walked off the pitch at halftime against Phoenix while they were beating Phoenix in the group stages of this tournament. And because of uh, abuse, uh, a homophobic slur was used. Well, uh, because they went ahead, they meaning USL, and still awarded the three points to Phoenix for the forfeiture of San Diego Loyal, is that if uh, is that Phoenix has the right to win? Um, the uh, to, to host the final. Well, just two hours ago here, Phoenix Rising has relinquished the hosting rights for the championship final. So here's their press release. Following a meeting with leadership from the USL, Phoenix Rising FC announced today that if the club is victorious in the Western Conference final against El Paso Locomotive, it will voluntarily relinquish the home field advantage of the USL Championship Final to the winner of the Eastern Final, Louisville FC or Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, the Rising's formal request to the league office was approved and was made out of respect for the LGBT, uh, LGBTQ community and recognition that hosting the final after having been awarded three points following San Diego's Loyal's forfeiture due to the use of a homophobic slur by a Phoenix Rising player, was not appropriate and and inconsistent with club values. This is the way to do it. Yeah, it would have been not a good look to continue hosting the rights, because I don't think that the USL should have even awarded the three points to them. So I think this is a really good move. I think it will work out in their favor uh, for press-wise, and I think that they did the right thing. Uh, it's a shame that they had to request it, and it wasn't just something done by the USL itself. Um, but let's go ahead and look at these two matches and when they are. So Saturday, the 24th of October at... 8.30 is Louisville City FC versus Tampa Bay Rowdies. At 10.30, it's Phoenix Rising FC versus El Paso Locomotive. And that is on ESPN+. And the final is on November 1st, which is Sunday, November 1st. And that will actually be on ESPN or ESPN2. And I think Sirius XM FC if you want to listen to it on the radio. 
So yeah, that was that's a big show we had here today. It still seems crazy that we made it through most of it. Let's take a look real quick at the uh, MLS standings here. All right. In the Eastern Conference, Toronto FC in first place and leading the Supporters' Shield if it is to be given, depending on what happens there. Toronto FC, 41 points in first. In second is the Philadelphia Union with 38 points. And they play each other on Saturday. So if the Union win, uh, they have a better goal differential uh, and better goals for, they could take first place. Columbus Crew in third with 34 points. And Orlando City SC in fourth with 32 points. And those are the four teams that have clinched playoff spots so far in MLS in the Eastern Conference. Uh, at the bottom is DC United still. FC Cincinnati in 13th. Inner Miami in 12th. And Atlanta in 11th. Now let's move over to the West. None of these teams have clinched playoff spots yet. Seattle Sounders in first with 31 points. Portland Timbers in second with 31 points. SKC in third place with 30 points. LAFC in fourth place with 25 points. And uh, the bottom team there is still the LA Galaxy. They've played four more games in the Rapids because of Rapids issue and they Rapids are still one point ahead of them so uh, the top four seeds in each conference will host round one playoff matches so that is kind of the goal here uh, so those teams Toronto Philly Columbus crew and Orlando City could be hosting um, the gap between Orlando City and New England Revolution right now is four points with the Revs in fifth place. Let's go ahead and take a look at to uh, the, the weekend's games here. Um, sorry, the midweek games. I, I'm so... Well, there's games every day right now. <laughs> so Wednesday was supposed to be the Rapids versus SKC. That one was postponed. The next game is starting on Thursday, 10.30 p.m. on FS1. Seattle Sounders FC versus Portland Timbers. Battle of the top two in the West. A battle against the current winners of the MLS Cup versus the MLS's back tournament champions from the summer. Seattle Sounders versus Portland Timbers. It's going to be a good matchup. Friday, October 23rd, my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. 8.30, Nashville SC versus New England Revolution. That's on ESPN+. Plus. Saturday the 24th at 3.30, Inner Miami CF versus Orlando City SC. That's on Univision. T-U-D-N. Uh, I say that wrong all the time, but Twitter is the English commentary. 4 o'clock, Atlanta United FC versus DC United on ESPN+. 7.30 p.m., New York City FC versus Montreal Impact on ESPN+, for Out of Market. 7.30 p.m., Chicago Fire FC versus New York Red Bulls. That's also on ESPN+. 
7.30 again, FC Cincinnati versus Minnesota United FC on ESPN+. 7.30, Philadelphia Union versus Toronto FC on ESPN+. That's a big one. That is the top two of the East. It's a battle for first place, a battle for the Supporter Shield if the decision gets turned around on that, and I'm hoping it does for any team that wins it. It's a real trophy. 8 o'clock, Houston Dynamo versus Columbus Crew on ESPN+. 8.30, SKC versus Colorado Rapids if that game still goes on. Don't really know. Uh, I would assume the Rapids should be through it by then. 9.30 on Saturday, RSL versus FC Dallas on ESPN+. And Vancouver Whitecaps at 10 o'clock versus San Jose Earthquakes on ESPN+. Sunday is only one match. It's an LA Derby, the El Trafico on ABC. LAFC versus LA Galaxy at 3.30 on Sunday. Uh, both of those LA teams not doing so hot compared to, you know, how good El Trafico's used to be with Zlatan and Carlos Vela. And, uh, you know, now Chicharito may not even play with, you know, he's just not a good fit for that team right now. And then after that, we'll have more games on Tuesday, Wednesday for the midweek. And we'll go over those games, not next week, but so we'll probably have an episode up Sunday night or Monday. Probably Sunday night uh, we'll have it up after the El Trafico. Probably get that one done. And preview the Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, Tuesday, Wednesday games. All right. Uh, don't forget, like I said, we got great USL games coming up. Two matches on Saturday night, which are going to be great on ESPN+. Plus. We got all this MLS action over the weekend and constantly throughout the week. Uh, let me know your thoughts on the Supporter Shield if you want. Uh, do you see it as a big trophy? Is it something that you are upset about this decision? Let us know. And uh, that about wraps us up. Here I'm going give to give out the socials here. You can follow us on Twitter at Stoppage Show for the main show. Or, if you want to follow this show, at Stateside Show. It's going to have a lot of highlights from MLS, from USL, retweeting my thoughts, uh, all that kind of stuff. Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Show, uh, Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us at Stoppage Time Show at gmail.com. Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you all mid, uh, we'll catch you all on the weekend, right? Yeah, on the weekend, I think. <laughs> Who knows? I'll put it out, and we'll see how it goes, but have a great rest of your week. Tomorrow throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.